like scary movies, then Moose's Monster Mash is the podcast for you. Moose sits down each month with local and celebrity guests to discuss the things that send chills up your spine. You can find Moose's Monster Mash at electronicmediacollective.com. Check it out before you check out. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Leonardo of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to Bull Spit with Moose. Cowabunga! Hey, Paul, look over there at the size of that moose. Son, that's no moose. That there is a pile of bulls. Okay, we need to make a couple quick adjustments here, here, and here, and you know what? Yeah, I think that's better. Away we go. Back to a shell-raising episode of Bullspit with Moose. I'm your host, Moose. My guest for this episode, you know, really has a thing against snakes. Straight from the attorney in Well of Souls, Mr. Cam Clark. Woohoo! You got Cam Clark to be on your show? Yeah, I know. It was really hard. Wow, he's usually such a snob about that kind of thing. <laughs> and really hard to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah, recluse, I hear. Kind of like Howard Hughes. Without the without I was the pocketbook. Do, do you have the pocketbook? Because you know, <laughs> if, if you get that eccentric, I'll, I'll send you my address afterwards. So how's it going, man? Ah, trying to take a stir out of crazy during uh, the era of COVID. Well, I'll just put on a dress and run around, and it helps. So I've learned. I kind of just get naked and run around. You just made half my viewers blush. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking through your. Uh, biography and stuff. If you did anything but showbiz, I would be surprised. What do you Based mean? on your family background, with your, you know, your dad was an actor, your mom was a singer, and you, you just have right. so many different, uh, you know, actors, actresses, musicians. Like, you come from a very eclectic showbiz family that... Yeah, but lot, most of the kids didn't stay in the business, so it's... Uh... It's actually not as likely as you think it would be. You know, there's the luck of the draw. There's, you know, those who didn't choose to stay, to you know, to want to pursue the industry. Most of them didn't. Most of them, when the show ended, so ended their, uh, you know, their career. Uh, some of the, my girl, some of my girl cousins, they performed for quite a few years together after the show uh, ended. So in that vein, what was it like growing up around, you know, I mean, your dad was in pretty much everything as far as TV goes. So, yeah, what, I yeah. mean, what was growing up around that like? Um, well, it's all I knew. So it wasn't anything, you know, diff, you know, it was just, that's my dad and he's making monster <laughs> movies, making, you know, cheap B horror hey, films. Those are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, he hated it. He hated it that he, you know, never made the never made the A team. Uh, see, I love most of the uh, B horror films as opposed to, especially nowadays, a lot of the uh, like blockbuster horror hits mm -hmm. because there's more heart and soul goes into them than just money and production value. It's yeah, 
It's like uh, the remake of, um, oh God, it was so horrible. Uh, one of my favorite films, uh, Julie Harris and uh, what, The Haunting? Yeah. Uh, and Claire Bloom, I think. Amazing film. And the remake that I don't remember who was in it, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and whoever, I just it was just money. All that was there was puffed up money and, you know, not scary at all. It was just like bigger is, you know, more is more. Well, no, it's not. No, I mean, you have to have feeling and soul and you have to have something to take away from it other than cool effects, bro. You know, yeah. I mean, it, and that's why, the you know, the B and C horror films got it. They don't have money to waste on effects. You get the practical effects. Yeah. You get good acting. You get, well... Well, I don't know about that. You, you get as good as you pay for. But, I mean, it, it, as far as, <laughs> you know, they give you everything they have. So, yes, it, you can tell it, it's a passion project. It's not always just, all right, I'm here for a paycheck. Let's go. You know? Yeah. And a, as a fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And so many of my friends, when, when I was little, when they found out who my dad was, they, like... You know, we're like, wait, your dad was in that movie? I'm like, well, yeah, it's just a stupid, stupid horror film that was made for budget of a dollar ninety-five. But you know, a lot of people loved it. I've seen every one of those dollar ninety-five horror movies. So (laughs) you know, I I appreciate your dad's work. (laughs) Well, thank you. And you were trained in voice acting by Mr. Michael Bell. Yes, he was my first. Uh, my first cartoon coach. What was working with uh, Duke like? Duke from G.I. Joe. Remember, you're the geek, That's not right. me. <laughs> <laughs> he was one. Uh, I mean, I you know, I took classes from a number of people, and he was so great. And I'm not saying I'm not blowing smoke, you know, just because you've mentioned him and we're doing an interview. I, you know, in the private of my own home, I have told people that Michael was great because he reminded me of how if I were into teaching how I would do it is there was no bullshit he wouldn't he didn't like when I've guessed I've never uh, had a class but when I've guested you know so many times the people who are in the class have no business being there Um, you know they just don't have it but um, I'm not a person who can go hey okay well that was uh, sure something that was uh let's you know and and dig 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 to find something good about it i'm just the guy like like michael would do when he'd get you up on the mic uh, up in the front of the class and you do something he goes do this and you do it and you go nope do it again and you go blah 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 nope you know he just he didn't he didn't he didn't coddle you because if you're serious nobody's going to coddle you and if i taught it would have to be a master class because i'm <laughs> I'm just not interested in, you know, holding people's hands. And I loved it because as a student, I love when someone just goes, nope, mm -mm." because I've been with teachers where they, you know, you, one of the best things about a class is you get to hear other people's work and someone gets up there and they're really to your ear, no good. But the teacher goes, hey, okay, great. Uh, yeah, who's next? And you're sitting there thinking, wait, what? And I go, well, yeah, what can I learn if you just give this person a hand job? You know, um, I can't gain anything because now I don't trust you. So I um, that my, um, 
high school music teacher and uh, stage teacher was very uh, strict in that sense where it was you'll do it and you'll do it right and he would tell you if you did it wrong and not be you know and most people thought it was because he was mean no it's not because he was mean he knew you could do better and he wanted you to do better or you're gonna get out of his class uh-huh. for most of us it worked out great you know we, we appreciated him for it because it brought the best out yep. of us you know that, that's the teaching style that I think most students need and especially going into like voice acting because that's an industry especially right now where there's so many people trying to break into it yeah you need that hard no you you can't just beat around the bush you need that hard no you have to do it this way or you have to you know you you need the hard notes i guess is what i'm trying to and uh one of my one of my favorite little anecdotes about michael is that when i uh I've only been with two voiceover agents my entire career. Um, and when I joined with my second one and the head of the agency poked her head in um, and uh, she kind of got this, this sly smile on her face and she went, hmm, young Michael Bell. I like that. Because, you know, he was the, he was the limit. Oh, yeah. He was all that. So I always uh, chuckle at the thought that that's what attracted her, my agent to me was that she thought I sounded like him. In the uh, vein of sounding like people, you are often the uh, voice substitute for, uh, well, the voice double, I'm sorry, for Matthew Broderick. Yeah, I've done a number of things. I mean, back, you yeah. know, he's, he's not where he used to be, but um, back in the day, yeah. I uh, did him in War Games. I did him in Professor Gadget. And, of course, uh, Lion King. Uh, are there any others that you can, uh, that, that you've, well, <clears throat> any other uh, actors that you've uh, doubled for? Um, no. Um, mainly him. I did, uh, I did scratch tracks for uh, Kenneth Branagh in... Uh, a uh, little scene animation film called uh, Road to El Dorado. Nice. It wasn't it wasn't a big hit, but uh, I got a lot of work out of it doing. Uh, and I did have to audition, uh, you know, somewhat imitating his voice. And uh, but it didn't need to be a dead on match, but it was someone needed someone who could do a British accent and had that soft sound like he has, and he's just a god to me. And if, you know, I was so young when I worked on the film, and they also hired me to be a reader. I don't know if your listeners know what a reader Uh, is. I don't think so. Uh, If you want to explain it, be my guest. A reader is someone who sits off mic and feeds the actors their lines. Not their lines, I mean, the other character. You know, they're by themselves, and you're playing everybody else for them. So you know what they're I'm saying? Not, uh, acting uh, to like a brick wall. Yeah. And I, for this film, they also hired me um, to be a reader for both uh, Kenneth Branagh and, um, oh crap, Fish Called Wanda. Um, what's his name? Oh, um, Sophie's Choice. 
Kevin oh, Klein. Man. Kevin Klein. And but I was so young that it was like for me it was kind of like oh all in a day's work as opposed to going oh my god I I got to feed lines for two of the most amazing performers of their generation. But you know you're young and you don't you don't think as uh, in such terms. But I get to look back on it and you know go hey. I worked with those guys. Uh, that's when hindsight kicks you in the butt and says, man, if I could have, you know, picked their brain for five minutes. Yep, 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 yep. And they couldn't have been sweeter. You know, you hear all kinds of goofy stories about people who can't be bothered with being nice and everything. And they were both just such sweet gentlemen. Well, speaking of sweet gentlemen, uh, yes. I, I'd like to talk a moment about somebody that you seem to have worked with a lot in multiple shows, and that is your co-star from Turtles and many other shows, Mr. Rob Paulson. I've heard of him. Really? You know, he's just this up-and-coming guy yeah. that he's just so nice. Yeah. and very honest. Very shy. Oh, very, very shy. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he he's another one of those just super sweet guys that... Yep. One of the first guys I met in the biz. Uh, he's... Interestingly enough, one of the first celebrities that I actually had a chance to sit down and chat with, chat with, and this long before I was doing podcasts, but I, I sell uh, wood burnings at uh, conventions. And, oh. you know, he came over to the booth and we were chatting. And, you know, I knew he did the voice of Raphael, but I didn't realize it was his voice. Just kind of, oh, what I didn't mean? realize it was didn't like Rob's it. actual voice with a little bit of attitude. Oh, yeah. He pretty much does. His wiseacre voice for Raphael is pretty much that's pretty much and wrong. So we're talking for a good five minutes, and then it just clicks. It's like, holy crap! I'm talking to Raphael. You know, just w w without him, you know, going into a character or anything. And then, yeah, I'm going through your uh, list, and you've worked with him. Uh, I mean, more than just on Turtles, there was. Uh, God, like three, at least three shows that you've. Uh, we were on the tick together, uh, but but then you you can say that about anybody because Rob was on every show, so it's it's not just like an odd. Say, I'm afraid to dig into you know, his uh, credit list. You you'd never come out. I I I was afraid looking at yours. Like I looked at yours. Like okay, where do I start? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and it was just one of those. Yeah, I've been, I've been very fortunate. One of the credits I wanted to ask about was uh, Snorks. Snorks. Uh, it has you listed for uh, additional voices. Was that just ADR work or? Oh, who knows? You, um, so long. Those IMDb things, they're like ridiculous. You know, they. I don't know, you know, we have no control over IMDb page. I tried to get a picture changed once, and you would have thought I had to get special permission from the Queen of England. Um, I had one of my reps over and over again and go, take this picture. This, he did not, he does not want this picture on there. It, I just looked like death warmed over. It was from some award function, and they had taken a group picture and just blew me up and cut everybody else out and use that as my, as their main picture for me, instead of like some picture that I 
wants. And likewise, all the credits that are on there, I have never touched the IMDb page. It just shows up. So anytime, it's almost like anytime you're on a payroll, they put it on there. So a lot of that stuff is just kind of, you know, silly incidental voices, which I couldn't even tell you. It was a thousand years ago and there's one. I don't know what. Uh, there's one one-off role you played that, and normally I don't talk about one-offs because the odds of somebody remembering them are slim to none. But like I remember it just because the way you acted it. So if, if you need help, I can fill it in. It's daring Dan Dawson from Tailspin. You're basically the weasel of the sky in the uh, the weasel of the sky. <laughs> the I have no recollection. Uh, see, I didn't figure you would, but say because most of the times I was just it was just one episode or yeah, something. You were just in for one episode, and and the only reason like you knew it was you was every so often you would hear Leonardo, <laughs> and he uh, basic premise is he gets Kit uh, Cloud Kicker to join him in his flying circus. And he doesn't really care about anybody or anybody else. It's all about the money. And I, I think he's a flying weasel. That's what he looks like. But he's he's a real D-bag. But you know, the the way, the, the, motion, the emotion and stuff you put behind the voice is what makes him stand out. So this one-off character, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I remember exactly who that is. <laughs> you know, and I was talking to a friend of mine about that this morning, and I was like, you know, it's crazy. It's just this one-time appearance, and yeah, I can spot on remember, yeah, I remember Daring Dan Dawson, Daring Dan the Dick. <laughs> well, I have a favorite one-off of mine, and I, I wish it had been a bigger part, was um, in Clone Wars, a uh, character called Omer. I think it was just like four episodes or something, but I love the character and I love the voice they chose for me to do, but, you know, and to be a part of, of that legacy would have been so, so cool. And it's interesting, like people who, you know, Star Wars fans are pretty intense. Oh, yeah. And so they want autographs from, everybody that was ever in anything connected so you know that's someone that i so i have when i go to conventions believe it or not i have a picture that i sell that's um of this character that there was only four episodes and people are like oh, you were that and like well yeah it took me about 20 minutes to do the whole role but, <laughs> but i did it but i did it the, the the big one i want to ask you and not the big show the big uh, elephant in the room when you played He-Man, mm -hmm. did you have? Like, were you a fan of the original show? I had I had never seen it because I wasn't a, I wasn't a kid in those days. I was what the original was like in what seven late seventies uh, or something late seventies early eighties yeah yeah so I wasn't watching cartoons then so I so uh, I wasn't sure if you had any like trepidations or anything like that going into the role or oh God no nothing like you know oh I have large you know big shoes to fill it was like no you picked the right guy folks good on you you got good taste so how's that for humility <laughs> well it, it fits the role of he-man <laughs> i mean not not so much prince adam but he-man's full of humi humility it was a production that uh, they they had wanted which i guess they didn't do in the original i don't know they wanted prince adam and uh 
he meant to be performed by the same person. And they, uh, it was filmed in Canada. It was shot in, uh, recorded in Canada. And they couldn't find anybody up there that they liked. So they did a huge casting call down here in L.A. And uh, I got it. So I was, I was, you know, I will say I was, I was tickled because the character, even though I'd never seen it, uh, is an iconic character. And so just, you know, for that part, that was fun. At this point, you're, you're, you're racking up the uh, icons. I mean, you've got to voice yeah. Simba. You've got to voice He-Man. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the other one here shortly. Uh, you were in uh, the English dub of Akira, which is huge yeah. in the anime world. Yeah, isn't that hilarious? You know, I mean, I think it was one of the first ones I ever watched. Uh-huh. And then you're also huge in video games. Well, it's true. You know, I mean, can you tap dance? Is there anything you can't do? Yes, I can. See? I can do a single, a double, and a triple time step. There's nothing he can't do, folks. Well, I can't touch my toes or do the splits. So. Well, you got nothing but time. Work on it. <laughs> right, that's right, especially now. But yeah, you are Liquid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Yes. Yes, dear brother. And I have a funny story about that. Uh -huh. uh, a, a good friend of mine sent me this this morning to remind me about it. He sent, there was this tweet about Snake ordering food. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he tweeted you asking what it would be like to, if Liquid Snake ordered food. It was someone tweeted uh, David Hader yes. about um, tweeted David Hader about how would you order? It was really random. Just how would you? What would you order if you were at a Mexican drive-through or whatever it was? And my assistant, my nephew, he saw it, or you know, it came over his desk, and he went, "Can't you got to respond to this?" And so. You know, since David had said, well, I do this or that, or however he responded to working at a drive through I just hopped in the car and my cousin was over and I said, hey, hey, take my phone. I got to send this off to David. And it like went viral. It was hilarious. I was like, wow, this show is like really old and yet still. So that was a lot of fun. And then we did a Christmas riff. Where we did, I called up David and I said, hey, why don't we do a takeoff of Night Before Christmas with the two brothers? And uh, that was a big hit. And that was a lot of fun. He came over and we filmed it. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Because, so, yeah, the tweet was, uh, you know, I wonder what, uh, you know, Cam Clark would uh, have to say if he pulled up and heard uh, this voice taking his order. And then there was the video. Yeah. And, yeah, that was my friend Billy. Huh. Hello, Billy. You know, so talk about small world. It's <laughs> <laughs> grand scheme. What do you get recognized for the most? Like Metal Gear Solid, uh, Turtles, which we'll talk about soon. Uh, Turtles and Metal Gear are the biggest, uh, the biggest things. In the uh, scheme of like voice recording, do you? Do you have an outlet you prefer to do, like anime dub, uh, animation recording, or uh, video game recording? Do I prefer doing games? Yeah. Over do, you do you prefer doing one over the other? No. No. 
Um, I, well, I, I take that back. Um, video games are way more cinematic. So the acting, as games matured, um, they required real acting chops because they had real stories and you weren't just being, you know, a Ninja Turtle saving the world every week. You, um, you had to act and you had to have subtleties and it was a lot of fun because it was like getting back to acting instead of just, you know, silliness. Well, let's rip the bandaid off this. Let's talk about turtles. I've danced around it enough and I can't dance. Well, I, I hope you don't have a Band-Aid on your turtles. Uh, so, you played Leonardo and Rocksteady. Yep, yep, yep. What was the, like, direction you were given for uh, Rocksteady's voice, uh, if you remember? He's a rhino, and he's a baby, so, and he's a dummy, so, <laughs> that's, ba that's, that's basically it. <laughs> and you were just left to fill in the blanks? Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I'd say, I'm not going to ask that. Did you know it was going to be, you know, such a hit? Uh, because no. no, you never do. It's you go in, you do your show, and hope that you, you have season two. Yep, exactly. So I will ask though, and I hate this question, you know, because I hate the what was it like? But what was it like uh, returning to the role later, playing you know '87 uh, Leonardo in? Um, oh, I can't even think of which version of Turtles it was now. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I can't remember what the year was either, but that was great to get to be in the booth with the guys again. But even more fun was, uh, I think at Christmas before last, I think it was Toyota. Toyota, maybe? Did a campaign uh, for when you were a kid, what was your favorite Christmas present? And they had little Ninja Turtle action figures jumping all over the car and talking about the selling points of this car, you know, to say that yeah, this car can be as wonderful for you as your first Ninja Turtle toy. And so that was just really sweet to be thought of as we need to sell this car. What's the best thing to get people charged what was their favorite toy what sells cars yeah turtles 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 sells yeah. cars and i think they did voltron i don't know what it, what there was like a some other line of toys that that also did commercials for the christmas season but uh, that was a lot of fun it, it was definitely a fun commercial to watch I, I remember when it first came on tv i was like oh my and it threw me back to when i was a kid because turtles was my Christmas for, I think, four years running. Because I got... And it was a success. Right? They got you right where they wanted no, you. No, I know. And God bless my parents for buying into it. You know, because <laughs> I got stuff from the cartoon one year, stuff from the live-action movie the next year, stuff from the cartoon, stuff from the live-action movie. It's like, God, I'm hooked. And fast <laughs> forward, I'm still hooked. Uh, but yeah, I mean... and. Every, like, video that I've seen online of you and the guys getting together, you guys genuinely seem to have that natural... We actually like each that other. natural chemistry that, that seemed like it helped play off on screen for the uh, acting. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, you, you guys looked like you were having a blast, you know, in the booth, which, in, in my opinion, and 
you know, I'm no critic or anything, but helps that parlays definitely to, helps the performance. Yeah, you know, when there's that genuine love for each other and that actual chemistry. Yep. Do you have any interesting stories from Turtles that you may or may not have told a thousand times? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been told a thousand times. Fair enough. I won't make you tell them a thousand and one. <laughs> nothing, there's nothing new. <laughs> no, there's no new episodes. There's no new stories. Jeez. Yep. But it was Rob who talked me into doing conventions because I resisted for the longest time. And he just begged and begged and begged me. And he finally wore me down because um, he said, you know, if we all, if I could, if we could get all four of us to go together, that would be so fun. And I was like, oh, meeting fans. Ah. And he convinced me. And it's been a wonderful experience getting on board the Comic-Con train. See, I'm not surprised he was the uh, catalyst. Yeah. He, he strikes me as that type. And he's booked like, he's like booked every weekend for cons. Yeah. You know? He's so popular. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I want to know how he's staying sane right now. Don't know. I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to the boys. I talked with, I talked with Townie because he's my, one of my buds. Um, he and I met before the Turtles. Um, before he got into voiceovers, he moved out here to, I think, just to, to be an actor from uh, back east or the Midwest, I think. And we met because we were both game show contestants on Super Password. Wow. And we hit it off and we remained friends. And then he and I was already I was already doing voice work. And then he, I think he might have been starting to do it, but we hadn't met professionally. We'd only, we'd only met on a game show. And then when we don't remember what our first job was together, but uh, it was like, hey, what are you doing here? It's secretly a game show. We're not actually getting paid for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody gets out of my podcast without uh, this question. Do you have a Hamlet, if it were? that you would like to attain before you shuffle off this mortal coil? Do I have a Hamlet? Like, do you have a, uh, that, that one role that you want to, uh, that you would love to portray? Um, there's, uh, things that I, I passed on because, uh, I felt I needed to be in LA. Um, for my career, if I was serious, I needed to stay here and never leave here. And I had a couple of people request me to, uh, you know, uh, Big Fish, Little Pond, uh, go away to do a, a musical here and there. You know, West Side Story, obviously, when I was young. Um, stuff like that. Fantastics. And I passed. And those kind of things that, that can't happen now because I'm uh, too old. But... I, 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 you know, regret that I didn't do some things like that, but no, I mean, I've played some pretty, you know, iconic characters from Snoopy and Simba and He-Man and Leo. Um, I've done pretty well and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud. Were there some jobs I wish I'd been cast in? Sure. Um, but, uh, I got, I, I, 
I done good, Ma. See, I think you have a character for almost every letter of the alphabet. Oh God, wouldn't that be funny? There's a there's a a little fan project. I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. A A is for come on. Aladdin. Okay, you got some you got some research Aladdin. to do, obviously, on on our on our new book deal. A is for Aladdin. Ah, I did do Aladdin. I just drew a blank for a second. B is for Mr. Bogus. C is for well, we could be there for days if we go down that, but that would be pretty funny. See, I, th I, I think funny. there's something for everybody. Yeah, well, imagine Rob Paulson's alphabet. There'd be more than you need more than twenty six letters. It have volumes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think I just found my next uh, Bullspit live stream. It's going to be the ABCs of Cam Clark. <laughs> Good call. You'll sell millions of copies. Uh, so, do you have any upcoming projects that aren't uh, bound by uh, NDAs that you can uh, discuss? No, more, morally, more bound by COVID. <laughs> I got nothing. I got Damn nothing. you, COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah, the long and the short answer is nope. I did a couple of little game expansion things, you know, before it uh, shut down, but I couldn't even tell you what they were, but nothing like, ooh, there's a big thing coming from Blizzard Entertainment. Keep your eyes open. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have anything. I've been uh, doing some more work in dubbing, which, although the pay isn't great, I, I love the, uh, the art of it, you know, with uh, um, Netflix does so many, they uh, have bought so much foreign product and they dub it all. So there's lots of, you know, used to be dubbing was only for like goofy Kung Fu movies. And, but now everything from overseas, real first rate projects is dubbed. And that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. Sweet. Uh, so where can my listeners find you if they're fans or if they're not fans? If Well, if they weren't fans before and are fans now, like social media and such. You're helping me do a shameless plug, huh? Oh, I'm all about shameless plugs. All right. Well, camclarkvoices.com, dot cam. Um, that would be pretty funny, huh? Um, I show old clips and do musings of my career and stuff. Uh, most of it is of my childhood work with my family, but these hilarious old clips from, you know, the golden era age of variety television, which is a genre that doesn't even exist anymore. You know, I find if I'm talking to a fan and they say, where did you start? And I go, I have to say, do you know what variety television is? And they're like, mm, no. I do. And I go, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's lost. You know, Carol Burnett and Flip Wilson. And Rowan and Martin. Ed Sullivan. I mean, <laughs> Rowan and Martin, all of that. It's, it's like, goodbye. You know, they don't, they don't do that anymore. And everybody had a variety show. Dean Martin, uh, Jonathan Winters, uh, even, you know, Judy Garland did and Loretta Young and back in the early days, back in the 50s. But, you know, even into that, well, Donnie and Marie, yeah. you know, after their their the Osmond brothers career kind of sort of was over as, you know. Johnny Cash had one. Did he? 
Yeah. Wow. And honestly, I half expect that to be part of the fall lineup this year is the return of the variety show. Well, they got to find a way to get us out of our hibernation. Well, since filming seems to be kind of uh, locked down at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it would all be remote, but you could, you know, put, you could, you know, cobble together people recording from their homes, which is happening a lot right now. Yeah, and the easiest thing to put out would be a variety show. Yeah. Um, uh, MTV and videos kind of killed that for for generations below me. Um, I don't know how young people would uh, tune into that. I mean, they watch awards shows and stuff like that, so they get it there. Uh, the days of when you'd see your favorite pop star and your favorite comedian doing a song and dance together is, uh, you know, like all the people that have wanted to sing with Tony Bennett, like Lady Gaga, who a couple years ago did an album with him. That Everybody used to do that. You'd do it on their TV show. Yeah. You know, Tony Bennett would say if he had a show, and this week's guest, I have Lady Gaga. But that doesn't happen. Yeah. Wah! I'm going to say it's such a lost form of entertainment. Yeah, but they don't, you know, they don't know what they didn't have. Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, I, I have some fans that have, uh, what, fallen in love when they've uh, been introduced to the old, uh, to those old shows. They, they find an appreciation for it. But I, I don't know how many people, young, young folks, you know, when I say young, I mean 40 and under. Uh, how they would take well, to see, it. Well, see, and I'm, God, I'm 34, and so... What? Yeah, I just look old. Uh, look and sound old. I you don't sound a day over 33. <laughs> uh, but I grew up watching, you know, the Flip Wilson show, and... Really? Martin, well, uh, totally Laugh on and, reruns, because yeah. you're you're not old enough. No, but, you know, the, the Rowan and Martin uh, Laugh-In... And stuff yeah. like that. Did your parents watch it? Is that and they had copies of and it? They or watched it. My grandparents watched it. You know, we, we were still. You know, we, we were part of that rare breed that you know watched stuff together as a family. Yeah, and you know that's my fans that uh, are my family's fans, the King family. That's the main thing they comment is back when you watched television as a family, um, and. Entertainment is so splintered now and so specific that everybody can see exactly what they want and only what they want. Oh, yeah. And uh, so there's no really there's not so much sharing anymore of of art, of, uh, you know, different musical tastes, uh, because back in the day you were exposed to it all because there was only three networks, you know, Um it's you you couldn't you you couldn't escape at least being exposed to musical theater or exposed to stand-up comedy um but now you just you know if you're a fan of x y and z you, you can just fill your day with them oh, yeah. and not stumble on something that's not in your wheelhouse yeah and it, it's a shame our young people today, they just don't know what they're missing. I say that every day. Right? Well, folks. Well, folks, 
Stay safe out there. Stay safe, if not sane. You know where to find him. I had a fan make me a couple of COVID masks. They were so adorable. Oh, that's awesome. Made me a Snoopy mask and made me a Leo mask. That's great. Yeah. Now, now, see, you got the turtles protecting you from COVID. That's right, as they would. But all right, folks. Well, a pleasure. But yeah, I want to thank you, uh, Cam, for coming on and chatting with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. And folks, you can find me at and other great podcasts on the electronicmediacollective.com or on Twitter at Moose Media Inc., your home for all your Moose Media needs. And, you know, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. And unless you heard it here, it's probably just a load of bull spit. <laughs> Until next time, take it easy. Bye! Ooh-wee, that sure was some bull spit, but I sure had fun. Junior, you need some help. Be sure to tune in next time.